The This Is Jane Project launched a compassionate care program called Survivors Without Access in July 2021. After recognizing that many compassion programs only served veterans and other specialized groups, This Is Jane Project set out to ensure women and non-binary people weren't left out of the equation. Together with brand partners Ease and Lake Grade Cannabis, This Is Jane Project's first SB 34 compliant compassion program facilitated the donation of 120 ounces of medicinal cannabis to women and non-binary survivors living in Los Angeles and San Francisco. To find out more about their compassion programs and to find out how you can participate, check out thisisjaneproject.com. Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space with a specific focus on folks who identify as women. Listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash, and today I am joined by Ayana, aka Marijuana Ayana, the content creator extraordinaire, founder and host of Wine, Weed, and Weave. How are you today, Ayana? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I am so happy that you're here. I'm super excited. So we're going to begin this episode as we do every episode with our fave pot and fave not pot segment Mm -hmm. uh, where we discuss our current cannabis related thing and our favorite non-cannabis related thing at the moment um so i'll start with my fave pot which you can see i'm already like i already i've already (laughs) dipped into it uh (laughs) i mean all pot is my fave pot honestly right okay (laughs) same (laughs) literally same um but i i have a pax three now and look i was skeptical at first because i had um i don't know what do you call them dry herb vapor vaporizers Mm -hmm. vapes i sound like like an old (laughs) person who's never smoked before (laughs) what do you call these um (laughs) that's a vaporizer anyway but I had one years ago and it was just so funky and it didn't work and it made me angry and it actually just angered me every time I tried to smoke out of it so I was like I don't know about this um and this thing is magical I'm so obsessed with it it's like it's this tiny little, you know, compartment you put it in. It looks like a regular pack, but it's fatter. And then you, so you put the uh, flour, the raw flour inside mm-hmm. the thing, and then you smoke it. And it's like, oh, man, I'm going to sound like such a nerd, but like you can <laughs> taste the terpenes and everything. Like I normally don't, oh, you I know? And so for me, the little tiny compartment gets me as high as like three bong rips if I were to do them uh I still I don't do bong rips anymore but if I did that's like how the effect uh Mm -hmm. only because I have a tiny human and it's like too much you know (laughs) a thing to do bong rips so I have have so now I have a tiny bong in my hand apparently and this thing (laughs) is amazing and I freaking love it so what is your fave pack so my fave pot I have 
two, I have a CBD uh, strain and like flower company that I've been loving and some THC flower that I like to have been buying over and over again, the same brand. Because in California, like weed is really, really, really expensive. So I'm always trying to find like the best bang for my buck. And I think yeah. I finally found some like really good flower for like 25, 30 and eighth, wow. which is like unheard of out here but it's really good and I've seen the brand and I'm like all the influencers are talking about this brand let me try it it's called Elyon like E-L-Y-O-N but I had some of their Bacchiao Gelato I had some chocolate marshmallow I've had like three or four strains by them because every time I see them they're just so affordable so I just like grab a couple and they always give me really like exactly where I need to be like I had a really long day and then I smoked one of their strains and I was like nothing matters <laughs> okay <laughs> so that's awesome that. and I love like I don't care who you are and how much money I'll make ever I will always be the girl I'm not spending a hundred dollars on an eighth I'm not doing it I'm always <laughs> gonna be the bargain chopper even same with me. like I'll spend like maybe 60 to 80 like on something really nice if it's like a special occasion or if people coming over like friends in town but on average I'm a 25 35 eighth girl like that's usually my ballpark and I still find some really great strains and some really great brands in that in that like price range and then for the CBD flower I've been loving this strain called WAP yes it's called WAP oh yeah owned um woman Latina owned CBD brand called Ranchera Familia yes 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 I love that that's a great strain oh it's amazing it's just if she just got it back in stock today it will be sold out so nice. I love that brand. Oh my god, I, I love, love the little the can that comes in, like the little yeah, tin I love can. The strains, all the strains, but the WAP strain is like it's like some of the best CBD flower I've ever had. It's and really I just nice. Love supporting another minority woman, like in the industry, it's always just a good feeling. Oh my god, I gotta buy some of that. That just reminded me, and it's so yes, funny what you get said it about. <laughs> yeah, it's funny what you're saying about like how you are as a consumer because I was thinking about the title of your podcast and like mm-hmm. when I did drink wine, it's not that I like am never drinking wine again. I just don't drink it like I used to. But when I used to drink wine instead of smoking cannabis, I would I was that person that would get like the seven or eight dollar bottle, <laughs> but like find the good brands, you know. Yeah, no, I'm the same with wine too. Like I don't really pay that much money for wine either, but I still find some really great wine. I mean, yeah, you can get a decent wine. bottle for like eight dollars. So exactly, Trader Joe's wine. Oh yeah, yeah, that is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so my fave not pot. Um, it's, I, I spoke of my tiny human and this fave not pot is for the tiny humans. It's a uh-huh. book series. Um, they're called first conversations and one is being you and it's a first conversation about gender. And then the other one is called our skin and it's a first conversation about race and they're like picture books, but they are like little mini uh-huh. history, like like changing the history, the way that we talk about history and they talk about feminism. And I mean, it's just, they're really great. And then at the back of the book, they give um, definitions, you know, for adults who may not know about the patriarchy or empowerment and activism, gender expression and play. 
And so it's really cool. Um, gender assignment. They have all these definitions in the back and they're just really great. And I'm just, uh, so excited to see things like this because this is how we really make change, right? Mm-hmm. Changing the conversation with the young people, right? The young people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but the but young people, like, yeah. they already know. Like, they're already so, like, not here for any of that behavior. And it's probably because of, like, having texts like that and movies and stuff like that. Exactly. Right. It's like we think that we're so evolved, you know, it's just like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no, this new generation, the newer generations. I mean, I'm just excited. I'm excited for what they're doing and what they can do. And hopefully we can keep this hellfire from, you know, engulfing the whole entire (laughs) planet before they get to do that. But anyway, Um, so what's (laughs) sorry, I got a little morbid there. An existential crisis is real. (laughs) seriously um i mentioned it before we started recording but you had a message before your last your season three finale just Mm -hmm. hit like you know when you're doing all of the things and you're like i am just trying to just stay on this razor's edge here i'm riding that razor's edge um hardcore so i feel it for sure for sure i I, even today i'm like i need to go restock on mushrooms because like my my perception of reality has been real not great lately but reality has also not been great lately so exactly that should be on a shirt my perception of reality hasn't been that great but reality hasn't been that great so (laughs) so don't feel bad not with you (laughs) yeah yeah that's basically what my therapist just told me like you know what you're normal I'm like are we supposed to use those words but anyway um, (laughs) so what's your fave not pot this is a great transition into my fave not pot though I am someone who like I have to like spend time like journaling or coloring or kind of like writing often when I am having these moments like reality sucks so my fave not pots are just like some random little like self-care books to me like I have this coloring book adult Mm -hmm. coloring book called you fucking got this motivational Mm -hmm. swear words and there's all sorts of motivational quotes in here you could color and it just makes you feel good when you have a moment to like you know five ten minutes you can sit you can color you're looking at these words over and over again like you're a badass bitch you got this anxiety will not defeat you and then I also have this like journal that I try to use pretty often called Today I Affirm. And it's a journal that nature is self-care. And it has all sorts of just like really great prompts in it that make you kind of have to like ask yourself the hard questions that you don't want to ask yourself, but are necessary. So you can like improve. There's like prompts that are like, you know, define your magic. What am I committed to? What struggles am I having to relinquish control over? You know, what are five stressors in my life? Mm-hmm. What are things that deplete me? Like, just so, there's just prompts and prompts and prompts and prompts of questions. I found this for, like, five bucks at Fiverr. And it's just really been um, making me kind of, like, have these moments where I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm a person. This life is hard. I'm just a human. And somehow just, like, writing things down, like, just makes everything 10 times better for me. 
It really does. That's why when um, people are, like, asking me introspective questions, you know, I'm like, can I just write that and get back to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, i got to think about it. Yes, I have to edit myself several times, you know, mentally and then on paper and yeah it's a process but yeah that's mm-hmm. what happens when you're neurodivergent um sure. I, I I you know that reminded me I have this journal that I just a planner and it's so cute and I have it asks a lot of questions like that in there and I really should start answering them <laughs> I mean I read it every time I have to sit and do this I'm like I don't want to ask myself these hard questions like <laughs> I yes. don't want to do it right but having these little books like it's just helpful because you're like okay if I don't ask myself these things I'm going to end up, like, not dealing with this. Yes, that is true. And then, really, like, what are you going to... How do you grow, right? Exactly. Oh, it's exhausting. Anyway. <laughs> That's so, a whole other episode. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, switching gears a little bit. There is so much stigma attached to cannabis, but people in the media are more public-facing. Um, and... That can create more conflict or opposition for some people. As a professional storyteller and content creator, do you experience any pushback from the general public or your local community? I receive some pushback and some, most of the time, actually, I don't receive pushback, but I receive a little bit of pushback because there's always the one person who is just a hater and doesn't like what I'm doing or is just like anti-black women, anti-cannabis, blah, blah, blah. I don't even pay attention to those because the uh, support that I get is usually a lot more than the general pushback. And because like I'm specifically part of this like women of color, people of color and cannabis community niche, it's way more supportive because we all are kind of receiving the same type of opposition. Like the opposition we're facing isn't from the general public, it's from cannabis corporations who are watching us, seeing what we're doing, copying us, or reporting us because they don't want to, you know, have this competition in their corner. So that's kind of the pushback I've been receiving. Like I said, it's not like general. It's definitely like a private pushback, like a sneaky, like, oh, you think I'm not watching, but I'm watching pushback. But I'm in the, I'm in the industry. I'm in the media. I am always listening. I'm always watching. Like I'm on the, and if you're thinking about cannabis as an industry, I'm not the front facing person. I'm in the background. So I'm hearing and seeing these things all the time and knowing what's really happening and knowing that like these giant corporations are the ones doing the pushback, but they don't want the public to know that. That's so true. There's a lot of that. It's weird because it's like you are forward facing, but you're not. It's it's Mm -hmm. like a weird sensation of being behind the scenes. Yeah. But also being, you know, people can Google you and you're doing things that are technically public, right? And so it's like a weird sensation. And like you said, there's so many things said behind quote unquote closed doors because we're all virtual. So there's no closed doors. There's, there's a lot of um, things that you have to dissect uh, after the fact and then go, wait a minute, did you just steal my ideas? Uh, Did Mm -hmm. that conversation, you know, or like, did this person just take my work and not pay me, you know, like stuff like that. Yes, and that happens a lot. I'm sure you yes. know as a freelance content creator and 
especially as a woman of color, because, you know, you experience it a lot more because white people are the worst, but, um, and I'm a white person, so I can say that, but (laughs) it's true though. I mean, I, I, the, the, the calls I get that are just, or the emails like, Hey, can you just like boost me? First of all, what? (laughs) (laughs) Things like that. Or, or, you know, you get into these phone conversations and you Mm -hmm. start spouting off ideas and you're like, wait a minute, I should have charged for that because now they're running with it. And, and then also there's that weird uh, experience of like, is someone copying off of me? What is really original though? You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, you go down like a serious rabbit hole. Yeah, I think uh, the pushback I get the most often, honestly, is the, like not wanting to pay me what I'm asking to be paid. Yes. Or like not being, not making a million dollars or whatever right away and then wanting money back from me like I didn't do my job. And I'm like, yeah. you guys don't go to Target and take the towels and rub them all over your body and say, I want a refund. Why would you do that in this industry? Like, this is the only industry that I've had that issue. Yes, they want instant results. And also, it's like, uh, I get a lot of like, uh, we want people who are passionate about the plant. Well, yeah, I'm passionate, but that is not paying my child care. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. that is not paying my rent. You know, I am a socialist. I hate money but it has to pay my bill. So exactly. What am I going to do? This Um, is the only space I've ever had that issue though. Like even working at dispensaries, people would leave the weed, leave with the weed, smoke it, come back. I'm not high. I want to, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yes. And being in digital marketing, you can attest to the fact that people will put up with months and months and months of no ROA in other industries Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's and, an investment. And know it's an investment, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that's another conversation as well. <laughs> um, so what led to the creation of Wine, Weed, and Weave? Yeah, so uh, I want to say 2019. This These last two years are like all smushed together, so I couldn't mm-hmm. even really tell you. But 2019, I started attending. It was my first time attending. I was living in Washington, Seattle, um, and... Washington's very white so I was one of I was the only black woman uh, Mm -hmm. working at the dispensary which was a very interesting experience Um, I was getting reactions from people that my coworkers weren't getting I was having these experiences that nobody else was having I was kind of walking into this walking into a job just thinking like oh I'm just doing a job and then realizing like I was kind of doing more than that I was changing the perspective I was making people more comfortable or I was making people uncomfortable, like depending on who you were when you walked in. So I kind of just was like, I wonder if anyone else is having these experiences. And I knew a lot of black women in the industry, but not like in Washington. So I was like, I would love to like talk to all these women, like see like if anyone else is going through stuff like this, if anybody is like feeling the same things as me, having the same experiences as me. Cause I know like I felt like we were, but like none of us were, coming together to talk about it so we couldn't really be like oh yeah this happened to you this happened to me as well so just one day I was bored and I was like I had some extra time I was kind of sick of always going to my job and like not having anyone to talk about the crazy shit that people were saying to me and I started the podcast and I kind of just been going from there 
Um, now it's on season three, and every episode features women of color. Just this last season, I've started featuring other types of women of color. Originally, it was just uh, black and brown women. Now I'm featuring indigenous women and Latino women, and I've even featured an Indian man. I'm, I'm featuring really kind of every minority group now, because even though we're all a little different, we are still the minority in this industry compared to the not minority. So we are still having very different experiences than most people. Absolutely. I mean, that is so great that you are creating a space for other people who are going through what you're going through. Um, that is where the most impactful com- content comes from. Mm-hmm. So in what ways do you apply your background in journalism to your podcast production? Yeah, so I actually like made a mini podcast in college <laughs> mm-hmm. and I hated it. It was awful. But I was part of an organization. They just wanted some more media. So I was like, I'm going to create a podcast. And Mm -hmm. it was cool. I liked it. I realized that I kind of liked the idea of maybe doing like radio or just speaking. I don't like being in front of the camera. Everyone is like, you should be in front of the camera. And I would do it and I would hate it. I'd be like, this is not my jam. Yeah, I get really I'm awkward and real same. clammy in front of the camera. Same. Yeah, same. yeah. So many people like storytelling. Yeah, people are like, "Do video." I'm like, "No, no." So <laughs> make me do it. Like I do it sometimes, but it takes a lot of weed and a lot. Yes, of my brain so goes completely blank. Like I, like, just, I did one lucky yeah. video thing, and I like I think my my brain just blacked out like the whole time. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, that's basically me. Like I was. I was part of all sorts of organizations and things at my college and being in the journalism department, I had access to like lots of equipment. So I was just trying stuff. Like I did photography, I did all sorts of things and the podcasting thing and like the um, storytelling either written or like verbally, it just seemed to be something I was really good at. I've always loved writing. I, I originally went to school to get my journalism degree to uh, be a, like a news writer and like work on the newspapers but then the newspapers kind of started dying right <laughs> so I was like okay let me figure out other ways that I can you know create content and like do stuff how I want to do it so then I ended up kind of turning turning my journalism like storytelling skills into digital storytelling skills through podcasting and digital marketing that's amazing and that's exactly why I stick with this show because I think that real journalism is happening in podcasts right now. I mean, yeah, not, I think yeah. it is. It's, you know, go look. It's, I mean, it's look at you. So You're, you ha- yeah, you have your bachelor's in journalism and you are a journalist. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have a degree, but I am a, a freelance writer and journalist. And what I'm finding is that real stories, you know, things like, um, like they have, I just listened to one that was through, um, it was an NBC news one. So it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. that earth shattering, but they have these docu-series basically are happening on podcasts now and they're going deep diving into stories that you would only see for maybe two minutes, if at all on mainstream, you know, news mm-hmm. on, on TV or whatever video platform you're watching it nowadays. Right. Podcasting is showing to me, a different route for storytelling that I think is like pretty revolutionary. I think it's not going to stop. I think obviously it's, it's growing exponentially. It's like, look, I've looked at the data. It's like it, the 
300% or something like that of increase um, of people listening to podcasts uh, during the pandemic. I mean, everyone's home. They're like, I'm tired of watching Netflix. (laughs) Right. It gives, like, it triggers my migraines now if I, if I watch, if I put something on visually as background Mm -hmm. noise instead of audio, which is weird because I'm a visual person usually when it comes to learning and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. And, and so what have you learned in the three seasons of Line, Read, and Weave? Um, I've learned podcasting is harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not just like taking a mic and just talking. Like it's right. like you have to actually produce a show that makes sense. You have to actually like plan and like get guests that make sense to your show and get guests to like get to your recording on time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> That's just mm-hmm. had the problem with. Um, get people yeah, to take you seriously. I think people <laughs> take me a little bit more seriously now. Like yes. before I was just asking for favors and like just, and just like being like, okay, I know this girl. I know this girl. Like right. I need to get her on. But I have, I, I've had some pretty like big women in the industry who are big now, like on the show early, like the cannabis cutie was on my first season. Uh, shout out to her, Tammy. She has like a hundred thousand followers now and has a show with Snoop Dogg. Nice. I could have never got her on my show now, but the fact yeah. that she did early, like I think was, was definitely helpful. So I think that's a, a big um, thing I had to learn. Like, you know, call in those favors, ask around, like the worst you can, the worst that can happen is someone say no, but I've definitely learned that like, it's a challenge, but I've also learned like, you'd be surprised who wants to talk to you or who, is going to reach out to you or who has heard of you. Like I've also had the CEO of high Hemco on my podcast. I did not reach out to her. She reached out to me. I didn't even know she knew who I was. So I was like, Holy shit. Of course I would love to have you on the show. Yeah. You have a great show. And, um, I, I, I think that people really do underestimate the intense workload that comes with having a podcast and that's why I appreciate your honesty about it too in the podcast and um I really think that uh people can learn a lot from the past episodes I have from what I've listened to and I can't wait to hear more that makes me so happy those are the things that make me happy anytime I'm like I quit I don't want to do this somebody will message me or they'll tell me like I really got some great information from your show or like thanks for creating these conversations and I'm like Okay, I'll do another one. Right? I know. As writers, we're such, um, you know, I don't want to say sluts, but it's another word. (laughs) I I am a little bit of a project slut. Like, I like to hop around. I'm a comment slut. Like, if you tell me you like my writing and then you tell me you listen to my podcast, I'm like, what? How are you doing? Yeah. So you're like, no one's even liking this. And then you find out someone is and you're like, oh, wow. Someone actually, like, resonates with this. Yeah. Stroke my ego. Quote back to me. Quote me to me. Yes. Um, I'm kidding. I know. I'm Love always shocked it. when people listen to a whole episode. And um, my old co-host used to get so mad at me for that. Because I was like, I mean, I'm just surprised is all. And yeah. thank you so I mean, much. Even though we put our things on the internet, like, it's just surprising right. that people are looking at it. I know we're talking about being behind the scenes and then people are like you're you have an apple podcast 
And we're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This is why I'm like, I'm the most awkward person to meet in person because I have this, like, personality online and this persona online. And then you mm-hmm. meet me in person, and I'm just like, hi. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Right. I'm like, I forgot half of what I do because I yeah, have way too many meet me and they'll be mind. like, oh, I know you. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do you know me? Like, that's weird. And they're like, I, list, I follow you on Instagram. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Um, I literally was interviewed by you two years ago. Like, oh, whoops. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. You're right. So what are some of your favorite parts of being a podcaster in the cannabis industry? Um, honestly, I love just like talking to other women and like getting high and having these like very real conversations. Like I have got to talk to so many incredible women of color in the space that I admire as well as that, like, are kind of doing the same things as me, so we're experiencing the same things at the same time, and it's been really great to talk to them and then build these relationships, and then also I love connecting those women with each other. Like, some of those women weren't fully aware of each other, and then they were on my show, and they both knew they were on my show, and they ended up connecting, or, like, someone connecting with a brand because of my show. Like, a lot of the women on my show I'm still friends with or in connection with somehow. And I work with them on marketing campaigns or I, I send their information to brands. If a brand reaches out to me and they ask for influencers, I send them a long list of Black women that I know in the industry mm-hmm. that are influencers that are ready to work. And I, I'm super... Uh, appreciative that I can do that that's honestly always been my goal in this space is to just be like a catalyst for other women of color as well to like move forward and grow that's awesome and when you have that mission statement so clear in front of you you know it's Mm -hmm. it's easy to operate with like a genuine spirit which is what you are and I can just sense that just from just the short time I've spoken to you thank Um, you and I'm just so excited to see, you know, what you create. Um, so why do you think storytelling is so important in the cannabis space? Um, as we've seen, like, the, the uh, how cannabis is, like, perceived and how it's, like, seen in the media can go very wrong. Like, the whole reefer madness, your egg, the egg fried uh, ads, those don't do drug ads, like, those were the perceptions of cannabis that I had as a kid. Like that's how the media portrayed cannabis to me. And I believed it until Mm -hmm. I tried cannabis. And I was like, my head feels fine. I don't feel like I'm going to die or anything bad is happening to me. And I think when you put the control of how cannabis is perceived in um, the media, just blatantly without any experience, it's going to look like that when you, decide how cannabis is perceived in the media by the cannabis community it's going to look very different it's going to sound very different now we see that the conversation around like five years ago when I started in the industry I couldn't find CBD hemp anything anywhere now I'm finding CBD and hemp like in the dollar store and I think it's because the community has changed the perception of what that is so I think we're still working on like using our platforms, using our voices. Like there's just so many podcasts, so many websites, so many YouTube shows, so many creators and influencers that are creating this content and being storytellers in the industry so we can change the perception 100%. Because even though most Americans now are like 
pretty down for weed. There's still a lot who aren't, and that's what's affecting the federal yes. change. And right. we can't really like make real, real change and real, real progress until we legalize and decriminalize at the federal level. Right. So it's all about changing the perception. Like it's really just like a domino effect. Like if we could change the perception everywhere and make everyone understand that this is not harming anyone who's using it. And it's actually very helpful to the people who use it in the economy. And everyone gets that idea. Because I still get comments that are like, you stoner, you probably smoked that bong all day like a drug addict. And I'm like, that's not a true statement. So let me figure out how to change the perception. Wow. That is wild, right? I mean, it's so crazy to me. And by the way, I just found out through research for an article I'm working on right now, DARE still exists and they still have a staunch mm-hmm. anti-cannabis uh, stance. So, really? you know, oh, yes, right? I know. I was like, well, maybe they've changed it a little bit. No, 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 no. I don't no. know why or when. I thought I heard Dare, like, took cannabis off of there. That's list. what I thought, but I'll, it took, like, two seconds just to Google in their well, website. That was for a their... lie. Dare has yeah. always been a liar, so I just... <laughs> Oh my god, I my dare officer hated me. Um I was like, Narc. Anyway. <laughs> it's like all you're making me want to do is smoke it. Like it seems like the best alternative out of all of the ones you're trying to scare me about. Yeah, like, like the this worst is thing the is I slow down. Like like I was an anxious child. So for me it was I like I need to slow down. Yeah, so I was like, please, thank you. Where do I get this? You have a, a connection. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting that there still so has it like the fact that people are still kind of lying to kids about cannabis is really upsetting because you are teaching kids how to lie and you are lying to them absolutely like all it does is teach you how to how to do the drugs (laughs) pretty much much. (laughs) (laughs) it's teaching you where to get them like you could probably ask the dare officer for the for the weed he probably is high he's probably seriously uh but yeah i mean Anyway, it, there is a lot to, you know, we have a lot to, a lot to go. There's a lot to learn and mm-hmm, unlearn. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there doesn't need to even be around, but because it is, it's because people like me, people like you, other storytellers and content right. creators, like, have to continue to change the perception, because apparently there is not dying and will not leave us alone, so we kind of just, no. like continue to change the narrative yeah and it's just like even you know um i was talking about this earlier like people that i used to smoke with in high school are like prohibitionist now and it's like where did that shift happen so you know you you do have to keep having these conversations as mm-hmm. as annoying as it seems it's like do we really have to keep doing this really like you said it's at the dollar store what the hell yeah. Um, anyway. yeah. <laughs> I saw CBD blanket, CBD lotion, CBD face cream, <sighs> all the 99 cent store, and I'm like, we have come so far. So why is federal legalization still an issue? Yeah, they have like whole ass aisles now in Wegmans for you know hemp yeah. and CBD. <laughs> You're like, what? Okay. Uh, anyway, so before we go, how can the cannabis community best support you, both personally and professionally? That's a great question. Uh, you know, you can support me and support lots of other women of color in cannabis by paying us our rates and, you know, not asking 
um, us to compromise like what we're creating or compromise how much we charge for it because that's something I always have an issue with like I mentioned earlier in the show an issue that I have had other issues with you'd be surprised that I've had some black men and some black women also compromise my rates or compromise my friends rates and I get it like we all you know we're going through a pandemic and we're all trying to hustle but you don't you know like I said you don't go in Target and you know, take the towels and chop them in half and get 50% off or, or wipe them all over your body and ask for a refund. So I think it's important to remember that like content creators, cannabis content creators, even black women who are not in the cannabis space, but are just content creators and especially black content creators should be getting paid their worth, if not more. Absolutely. And really don't compromise your rates for anyone. It's just so often it's, I mean, I've gone on rants many, many, many times on this show, but like, especially for freelance writers, because like the rates, the, the average rate per word has not budged since I entered this industry over almost a decade ago, like as a freelance writer, mm-hmm. you know, 50 cents a word used to be average. And then it went to a dollar because of inflation or whatever. And now they're like, Oh, you know what? That's a lot. That's you're great. Don't ask for that much. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. And yet they want you to be the, you know, research. You, they want you to do the fact checking, uh, source mm-hmm. the photos, um, do the editing, <laughs> you know? do the like, social, post it, like right. all of it. Yeah. But anyway, yes, definitely. And especially people of color, like stop underestimating and undervaluing their work and hire more people of color (laughs) in general. Yeah. Yeah. And don't like question, like if they're going to be able to give you a return on your, uh, on your investment. Like, of course, that's a question you should ask in business, but I don't know how many times, like I've seen like someone else, uh, you know, do an influencer campaign. Nobody asks them any questions about their analytics, how many followers they have. But if you have a black woman in cannabis and she's being asked about a campaign, they want her analytics. They want to know where she lives. They want to know right. like everything. Like just believe that we can do the job just as well. There's no reason that we can't. And as we know, like the buying power of the black community is very high. Like I don't think there's any, there's no cannabis culture without the minority culture. Like there, there truly isn't there. They're very intertwined. So please include us in these spaces because we deserve to be here just as much as everyone else. Uh, Way more, really. I mean, (laughs) let's be real. Um, So (laughs) thank you for sharing your time today with us. I really appreciate it. And I had so much fun talking to you. Such a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.